What's up and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Not the Final Cut, and I am your host, Greg Susie. And joining me, uh, your host tonight, here we have Sam Brown. What's up, what's up, what's up? Tyler Hayden. Hey. And Jack Lindquist. What's up, guys? Atta boy, getting his coffee. All righty, getting into it here, fellas. What have we seen? What do we like? What do we not like? Have we even seen anything since we last recorded? Because I'm, I know I'm a little slim outside of a uh, House of the Dragon for sure, and a couple other things I'll mention. But anything for you guys? Uh, yeah, I got one. So I saw Black Adam uh, thirty minutes ago. Uh, Fresh, hot off the press. Yeah, it wasn't that great. Uh, that sucks. I tend to side with the critics for uh, over the. Uh, just because the just because the people love the rock. Yeah, like you can go into it and have a good time with it. I understand why people found it enjoyable. I mean, like it's not like I didn't enjoy myself during it, but it's uh, you know, it's really more so just Dwayne Johnson ripping one-liners in a somehow American accent as he plays an Egyptian character uh the entire time. So it's interesting. I actually I believe it's in Egypt. He's speaking Egyptian. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the language they spoke in for a little bit was. Uh, Ty, you're the global man. Help me out. Black Adam? Yeah, it's in Egypt, I think. Okay, cool. That's what I thought. But, I mean, it's fun. Uh, it's not really a spoiler now because Henry Cavill posted about it, but there is the quick scene at the end, which honestly was kind of my motivation to go to the movie, just to see that confirmed. It was pretty cool. But the one thing I do have to say that I did, it was disappointing about the scene they played John Williams and not Hans Zimmer. The spoiling man strikes again. <laughs> not really. I mean, he told us about it, uh, like on his Instagram. He literally posted a picture from that. Exam. I know, Jack. I just ever since House of the Dragon, I have to give you shit forever now. Not a spoiler. Not. Do it in Game of Thrones, one of the most popular shows of all time. All right, whatever. Um, on that hill. Yeah, that's I I'll probably wait to see Black Adam if I had to guess though. Yeah, it's it's not a I wouldn't say I wouldn't recommend anyone rushing out to go see it. Like I'm genuinely excited for Shazam too. Uh but Black Adam uh it's kind of cool but there's a lot of work to be done for his character if he is to be the top, you know, like just character-wise, not strength-wise uh for him to go up against Shazam and uh potentially Superman as well. I'd rather not see just Dwayne Johnson saying one-liners uh, in a very serious battle. Um, yeah, I so I've seen a couple things. I don't remember when I watched this, so if I talked about it last week, let me know and I can move on. But I watched An American Werewolf in London, uh, which is a really good werewolf movie. It's kind of a horror comedy uh, directed by... Landis, John Landis. Um, good movie. I like it. Uh, I watched Last Night in Soho. I rewatched Last Night in Soho. I think it's good. I have issues with the ending. I think it's a pretty weak ending. I did my uh, one of my yearly rewatches of Under the Silver Lake, which I have talked Dude. to death about. I was just thinking about that movie today because I had on my soundtrack uh playlist in the disaster piece 
uh, a couple of those songs came on. Yeah. And I was thinking I kind of want to rewatch that movie because it was really good. Yeah, I think I've, since I saw it the first time, I've watched it five times in the last like three years. I just, I think, I don't think I'll ever get bored of that movie. And then I watched um, a Dario Argento movie from the 80s called Phenomena, which it has Jennifer Connelly and she can like control bugs, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember. But uh, I kind of half attention watched it. I've seen it before, but it's a good movie. I like Dario Argento. He's one of my favorite directors, but those are the movies I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen much, but one thing is I am unironically really excited for the new Mario movie coming out. My brothers were texting me the other day because we used to play New Super Mario Bros. in the Wii when we were kids. The kind of thing where you're trying to beat the level, but also trying to kill each other. Um, and we're all going to plan on seeing it, so... It's just a little childhood thing that I'm stoked to go watch. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I think I might be waiting on that one, but I'm excited for you, Tyler. You don't want to pay money for it? <laughs> no. I um, I do still want to pay money for Smile, which I still have not seen yet. That will be happening before Halloween. Um. That and probably Terrifier too, honestly. If you would get your ass back to school this weekend, we could go see Terrifier too. Dude, they weren't <laughs> showing at the AMC this week. I was bummed. That's oh, Greg, I'm going out this weekend. Are you? No, I wish. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, beyond that, I just I finished up House of the Dragon and I don't know how I'm supposed to wait along with anybody else another however long till season two happens um Greg, i think yeah uh, let's all go around anyone that's seen house of the dragon since that's the finale uh give our quick a spoiler free thoughts on the finale in the season as a whole anyone that's seen the show sam have you seen it i know because uh, i, know I don't really it. i don't really do the uh george R. R. martin stuff you will eh. um yeah, no, real, I guess real quick, though, it, it was phenomenal. I think I, I I can't give anything away with the really cool stuff, but I, I kind of like at least structurally how nine was kind of Allison's episode and like the high towers, like, like you didn't see Rhaenyra in that episode almost at all. And then the next episode is more the other side of the coin. And I kind of like how they structured the, the finale in that way, like the last two episodes. Um, I don't want to get into too much content because it is just that good. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it was just, I think, and ending where we did is is tough. Yeah, my ma- my major takeaway was, how are we waiting two more years for season two? Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know how I don't know how this show has captured kind of the the magic that Game of Thrones also had. Especially in the early seasons. I mean, they, they I literally, never... they just completely brought it back. Just, yeah, I, I never thought I would be so into it as I was and care so much about the characters and just the fact that the characters are also as interesting uh, as the Thrones characters, in my opinion. Um, it's, it, season one was amazing. Uh, I, I really have, very very minimal negatives uh, about the series as a whole so far and i i am very excited for season two and i think 
the just every episode from episode probably six on has just added fuel to the fire for the civil war uh to come and just gets me so excited for it i think this is building up to uh an awesome rest of the series and it's nice they actually have all seasons planned out ahead of time and are not pulling a dan and uh dave in uh in game of thrones and kind of ruining it for us tyler what, what did you think no, yeah, piggybacking off what you said, um, you're dead on. I thought all the characters were so well-rounded, and you just feel that they're so fleshed out. Because you see these people when they're kids, teenagers, and adults, and it feels like they remembered that we've seen all those faces of the characters through the entire season. So there's so many parts at the end where, you know, you you could – you know even empathize or like understand where the antagonists are coming from so i just thought that was so cool it made me get into it a little bit more yeah it's like when we were texting we were like everybody has bad baggage and like good motives yeah they got their motives except for like one like one guy i would say is like the only one and like everybody's got good good and bad to them though it's really cool so you want to know this is this is where i stand this is all i know about house of the dragon and this is where i stand it's gonna have you're gonna think this is so annoying so that video of the actor saying that they like the negroni spagliato <laughs> negroni spagliato is yes. the worst negroni variation i it's such a dog water because it the <laughs> i'm getting worked up the sparkling wine does not hold up to the Camparian vermouth. Do a Boulevardier, do a chestnut cup, do a do a strange weaver, or just do a Negroni. I hate Negroni spagliatos. Dude, I literally I watched that clip and then a minute later on my TikTok, this this bartender pops up. He's like, Wow, this is just the most boring drink ever. He's like, a Negroni's already the most simple cocktail you can make. And then you sub out the best ingredient, the is it gin? Yeah. For for sparkling. It's so uh, much like worse. Wine. <laughs> or champagne. It was, yeah, he was just bragging on her so bad, but he made one because he's like, I am in love with this woman. He's like, <laughs> Yeah, that's where I stand on House of the Dragon. All right. So you don't like the axe choice of drink. That'll work. Yeah. Uh, Greg, right. I, um, I do have some topics as well uh, to run through for, for, for some news. Yeah. All right, you want to transition into that a little bit? Sure. So I guess I'll take the reins for this portion. Uh, I got... Okay. (laughs) I got some news too, Jack. I'm still Uh, working out the ingredients, Sam. My my first one, uh, what I think is a pretty big one, is the new Ant-Man trailer. Yeah, I saw that as well. It's, oh, that that's one uh, it came out yesterday. It's pretty cool. Got to see Kang for the first time. Jonathan Majors looks unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I I can't wait for Ant-Man to go dark. Uh, I just really hope the CGI improves uh, compared to a lot of the Phase 4 movies with just things just feeling kind of off uh, in, in the shots. Um, so if anyone else uh, go around, anyone that's seen that, uh seen that trailer like a greg i know you said you saw what what did you think about no i saw that it came out i actually had like no service at work today and um 
and wasn't able to watch it whenever I was at lunch because it wasn't loading, but I will be watching it soon. Greg historically hates Ant-Man, though, so you're going to get a biased opinion anyways. Fake news. That is the fakest news. I made one comment one time that it wasn't, like, better than Endgame or something. That's it. That's all you need to know. I haven't. I haven't seen it. I can't believe you still... Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, but then along with that, uh, I don't know if any of you saw this trailer along just kind of uh, the capping off the Marvel stuff uh, for this week. The Guardians of the Galaxy holiday, holiday special trailer was released today. And it honestly looks super, super fun. Uh, it, did anyone else see that trailer? I didn't know. I but that's on par with Guardians. It's uh yeah, and it's great. I mean, they're going to they're all going to Earth to get Peter a Christmas gift, and uh, they're trying to get Kevin Bacon, uh, because of Footloose, trying to track Kevin Bacon down. So it looks like a really fun, you know, outside uh project. So I mean, if uh, I got a few, I got a couple, two others, but uh, if any of you guys have some some good ones to throw in here, I just wanted to say I kind of I like the idea of Marvel doing these like. Uh, like Werewolf by Night, the Halloween thing, and the yeah. Guardians holiday special. Because, like, there are stories you can tell and things you can do that don't necessarily have the weight to, like, carry a movie or a series. Right. And it can, just, it can just be more fun. Yeah, I mean, Werewolf by Night is the best example of that. I mean, that kind of worked perfectly for that. I mean, and that's so different than any other Marvel thing, but still kind of felt like a Marvel project. That makes sense. Well, sticking with kind of marvel uh do you see james cameron's quote jack i know sam was gonna dig into this a little bit but james cameron criticized both marvel and dc and he, he probably did this on the heels of black adam i would have to guess um but he said they all act like they're in college and he just like was kind of criticizing marvel and dc uh the things that really ground us and give us power love and purpose those characters don't experience it um I would really disagree with that. Sounds like I mean, it's just pissed that those are making all the money instead of Titanic and Avatar still. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, Avatar is just as big money as like any of these Marvel movies, and it's it it's grounded along with Iron Man and Captain. Like, when you think you can't say like those characters don't experience it when you think about the arc of like selflessness from like douchebag that tony goes through or like captain america like mr noble like it's i mean that's that's a hard thing to say spider-man's been through more than i could ever go through exactly. they do have more opportunity though to experience real character building like that though because you have so much more screen time so i can kind of get what he's saying i think that's i think that's just the ultimate looking at everything on, on face value i mean you mm -hmm. dumb a movie down way like a lot by just looking at face value uh things from those movies instead of really trying to and ty i could ty i could get down with the screen time too that's an infinitely better take but he just said they just don't experience it they do but maybe as a result of you're right having more screen time and bigger budgets and ability to like do whatever they want but i don't know sam you're smirking you can jump in if you want so here's where I stand. I'm not the biggest 
Marvel or DC fan. I, I, did, I don't like love the comic book movies. However, I am uh, number one on the James Cameron hate club. I don't think he, I don't like his movies. I'm, I've been pushing this narrative. I've been, I've been pushing this narrative since I was like 10 years old. Avatar's <laughs> mid, Terminator 2's fine. Terminator 1's actually kind of good. I, 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 Titanic mid. I would say from many other directors, I would take that as the minor characters I agree with. In Marvel and DC, the non-titular characters, a lot of them are extremely one-dimensional. That's fair. However, from James Cameron, uh, no, I'm not taking that. His characters are unbelievable. A lot of his characters are unbelievably shallow, in my opinion. I think he's a good technical director, but I don't think he's a good enough writer to bring that criticism up against. What about Jake Sully? What about Jake Sully? You're talking to a man who loves is that Sam Worthington. I don't even thing. know who that is. Is that it, Sam Worthington? Is. That character sucks. That character's as deep as a as oh. a the kiddie pool, man. I I that's my hot take for the podcast. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, dude. I I love Avatar and Titanic, to be quite frank. But all right. Well, I have two more. I'll end it with the one that kind of really goes with the theme of uh, what we're talking about today. But before that, with Walter Hamada officially out at DC, their kind of Kevin Feige figure, who obviously wasn't really uh, doing uh, doing anywhere near what uh, Feige's been doing. Uh, James Gunn is now co-CEO of the DC of DC Studios. They renamed it. So James Gunn is the co-lead. For DC films going forward. So as a DC fan myself, I'm pretty thrilled about that. I mean, having a guy like James Gunn uh, with, I guess, half the reins is uh, pretty damn exciting. Uh, what do you guys think for kind of how you guys feel about James Gunn and how that'll affect the direction of the DC movies going forward? I like it. I think uh, James Gunn is a creative mind and he's clearly willing to push his ideas when they're like push them past studios because in both his Marvel and DC movies studios that have been criticized in the past for past for neutering the creativity of directors they're James Gunn movies I mean Guardians is a James Gunn movie uh Suicide Squad's a James Gunn movie so like he has the 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 will to get his ideas forward and he has a good creative mind. So I think it's cool. Yeah, to me, he feels like a more grounded Taika Waititi because he has that creativity, but also just the way he did the characters and Guardians. Like there were so many and we didn't get any introduction before that movie, but you developed, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but you developed a personal relationship and you kind of understood where everyone was. I think yeah, I like that. I like that comparison, Ty. Mm -hmm. I like James Gunn a lot more than Taika, though, personally. Mm -hmm. And I mean, look at the projects that James Gunn has done with DC already. Just the two. I mean, not even considering Guardians in the MCU, but Peacemaker. If any of you have seen Peacemaker, it is hysterical and extremely original. It's a blast on HBO. I know I've been trying to get Tyler to watch that. 
Um, and obviously, the Suicide Squad is great. Greg, what do you think? I'm sorry, I'm, I totally missed what you just said. What do you think about James Gunn? I just, I just, I just bounced off of Tyler's take. Okay. All right. I don't, well, I don't have much else to say about that. Okay. Well, my last topic then. Conjuring Four has been announced. Oh no way! I thought I don't know if I like that or not. Uh, why wouldn't you? I'd rather. I mean, it's. I'd rather have lot. it than not, I guess. But I did because I liked three not being. I liked it being totally different. It was more of a crime thriller than it was even a horror movie. It was. Just, I thought. I thought three was really good. In I'd like for them to get back to the two. The, I'd be down to see this one just be utterly horrifying too. I mean, yeah, I mean the f- first one. I mean, even the second one was great, but I mean the first Conjuring. Yeah, I have uh, first one kind of peppers but, my list that we're gonna be there's getting a, into. There's here. a common denominator with those, and that's director James Wan. James Wan, even he though he's still producing, I mean, he produces th- he produced three and he's producing four, but he's not directing, and you definitely felt that in Conjuring three. Uh, I haven't seen Conjuring 3, but the reason is I was extremely hesitant because I think for Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2, I don't know how much of it is I like the movies so much as it is I like James Wan because like I have not really liked any other movie in the Conjuring universe that I've seen. It's pretty much just the ones that James Wan directed, so I don't know. Uh, I have I have a quick news thing. It's not really that much, but a couple months ago, I assume, I talked about how they were making a Spirit Halloween movie uh, based on the the like chain Halloween store. Uh, it has come out, and it has come out to varying reviews. I think it is a fifty four percent critic review or critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So maybe a little divisive, but. I don't think anyone expected it to be a masterpiece. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Um, that sounds cool, though. I'd be down to see it. I uh, I wanted to throw two things out there real quick. They're just comments. Uh, we kind of forgot last week, but Haggard died. Rest in peace, Robbie Coltrane. We like briefly maybe mentioned it, um, but just want to acknowledge that because today, or yesterday, I guess it was this morning, uh, the news broke at least, Leslie Jordan died another one so couple couple big losses in the film community ty did you have anything uh no i just had to google leslie jordan okay oh you had jordan sorry to swipe that from you oh you're fine dude because i uh the other other thing i saw recently was just that lily james joined that cast for that A24 wrestling movie with Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White. If you guys, I, that that news was kind of old, but Lily James joining the cast, I think, is new. It's pretty interesting. She's in, I, I just clicked on her name. I, like, she's in more than I realized, I think. Oh, I did have a, another quick one that I forgot, but there was a release of like, like a minute of a movie coming out called The Menu featuring Rafe Fiennes and Anya Taylor-Joy yeah. and Nicholas Holt. Looks, I had never heard of it until today, but reading into it, 
think the writers, one of the writers worked on Succession, which I love. Um, and the director has done episodes of uh, Game of Thrones and Succession and Barry, I think. But yeah, it looks, looks cool. looks interesting. Yeah, I've seen that trailer in theaters like a few times now with both like Nope, The Black Phone and Barbarian. I think all showed it and it was just, it looks good. <laughs> I mean, looks entertaining. Sam, I'm I'm happy you said you're a Succession fan. I actually haven't watched the new trailer yet, but um, I fell I fell in love with that show over the summer. It's so good. It's so intense. It's unbelievably honestly. House of the Dragon and Succession and Thrones, like that's legit. What Tyler, do you disagree? Interesting. West Wing, pop West Wing up there. But the thing I want to say about the menu is the concept it looks like the concept that's used in a ton of netflix thriller horror movies the kind where you have a group of people you don't recognize any of the actors they're all going over for a game night or you know some other swanky party where they all like have masks and do role play and stuff like that and all of a sudden the house locks down and everyone starts getting picked off one by one like that's the that's the immediate uh, or i got from menu or is it the one amendment I would make to that is where you kind of recognize all of the actors but cannot place any of their names. Mm. But you're like, he was in something. It's like some show from like NBC. Yeah. So the, the clip I saw, I didn't get a whole lot of the plot, but it seemed to me like um, that book, oh, it's a book called, uh, Most Dangerous Game, like, like a riff on that where it's like a restaurant. Mm. Is that what it is? Well, I have no idea. It's a like they're hunting I, hunting humans, the people. I don't know. Dude, maybe Let me know like on, not, on line. Dude, in terms of plot, in terms of plot, <laughs> like it didn't even give me like the vibes it gave me of less of horror. It was like a horror turn on like a knives out glass onion kind of like murder mystery movie, just because of all the bouncing around it does, but like a horror style instead of a murder mystery. And I guess getting into the main event, spooky season, baby. Ooh. All right. So, I mean, we can get into like, so we're going to be going through obviously all of our, you know, favorite or most bone chilling, either jump scares or like slow burn scenes. I kind of want to start with a question to you two and just ask, do you like the jump scare better? Or do you prefer like the slow burn, something's going to happen, but it has not happened yet kind of vibe? Because I'm kind of a blend, but I definitely would say that I prefer like the slower, like I feel something for an extended period of time, not necessarily like I'm scared it's over. So uh, for me, I have grown to like a good jump scare. It's extremely easy for them to be cheap, but the ones that are effective are incredibly effective. However, the first uh, horror movie I ever loved was very late in my life, relatively speaking, was The Witch, which is an extremely slow movie. And it's just building tension for like an hour and 20 minutes until the last 15 minutes or whatever. So I think I've liked that longer. Yeah, usually I... I like watching horror movies because they trigger my fight or flight instinct. So that's why I love jump scares because you just get that adrenaline rush. Um, 
but I don't mind waiting and, you know, feeling it out and getting tension. Um, but yeah, I definitely, the, I like what Sam said about their, the good jump scare. Cause like the, I do have, a, I have a bunch of jump scares on my list. I'm sure you guys do too, but I do have some, like, I think just generally though, like when I find myself being more gen, like, cause you're afraid. And then it's kind of like, you get really, really freaking scared for like a second. But I find myself being more afraid, like after the movie or like, like for it sticks with me longer, the scenes where it's like, that was just really creepy for like a long time. So, all right. You guys can kick it off with any scene. Sorry, go ahead, Sam. I will say briefly, I do think this is slightly different. I'll talk about it later. So I'm only going to mention it really quickly right now. The scariest thing for me isn't even like, it could be not in a horror movie, but it's the idea of this is a situation that I don't want to be in, but there's no way for me to get out of this situation. The feeling of being trapped in like a stressful environment is the most frightening thing for me, like hands down. And I would say that's even different than like building tension the way like The Conjuring would or a horror movie. I agree. Let's let's just real quick. So Sam, you said that let's just tie you and I can then say like our what scares us the most, I think, in terms of the scene. I think it's when the characters are ignorant and they know they don't know something that I do. So like I just watched the series The Watcher. And I think the reason that got me so bad is like because I I binged the hell out of that show. I should have mentioned that at the beginning. But like there's some times where you will see someone just walk behind a character like those are the scenes that get me whenever you see like a black figure or something walk behind a character or they're standing in the back and the character does not see it those like make me because if i ever put myself in the character shoes and i'm like someone's just in a room with me and i don't know they're there that freaks me out Mm. so horribly so that's mine like the my my most scary situation like not even a particular scene it's just if someone's there and they don't know yeah, I think mine's definitely being overwhelmed or just like seeing a something or a creature or something insanely grotesque that just by looking at it or just from the sounds or, you know, with the score in the background, it just sounds powerful that, like, that we as the characters shouldn't be able to defeat. That stuff gets me, whether it's a jump scare, whether you see the bastard behind you and it's like slowly coming towards you. I love that stuff. That puts me on edge. Oh, yeah, that's real good. Um, but yeah, so I guess we can get into it then. I mean, I'll, I'll kick it off here if, if you guys don't mind. Mm-hmm. Cause, Cause I guess just jumping from like what I said scares me the most. I'm going to start general and I'm not going to go into a jump scare or anything in particular, but I would say like kind of the whole vibe of it follows. Like I can't really even pick a scene because like what I talk about with a slow burn, I think that's why I loved it follows so much is like, yes, there's jump scares, but the whole unknowing and just like even the monster in that movie is designed to be slow like it is just always there it's there's no escape but at the same time it's not like jumping in your face you can just see it from a mile away coming to kill you and it's just oh it just this that unnerves me i do want to jump in here because i also had it follows written down because it applies to what I was talking about with what scares me most. 
Because like, if that happened to me, the thought of I am in this situation for the rest of my life, it might be coming towards me forever is so scary, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I, I want to hop in there because it also does what scares me the most with the doorway scenes when the creature would shapeshift into that like 610 ugly dude. You know what I'm talking about? Or just any freaky the, creature. The tall man jump scare is so yeah. good. Yeah. Also on my list, I had tall man. It follows. Best jump scare ever. I was like that for the first time I watched that freaked me out so much time. We were watching it. Cedar K. But I just had to say, Sam, I started dying because you said, if I'm ever in that situation, you know, or if I sleep with someone and she gives me a sexually transmitted monster. But when you're watching a I'm, horror movie, I'm going to be terrified. Like... I'm, I'm going to be terrified. Suspend your disbelief. <laughs> I watch horror movies from the perspective of what would I do if this was happening to me? And that's one where I'm like, I would just hate my life forever. That would be horrible. <laughs> Dude, we had a full debate after hi, Yumi and Connor like finished we ex- then we wound up explaining the plot to like the rest of our roommates. And we had a full diagram on our whiteboard. Sam, I texted you after we watched it and I was like, so wait, if we get on a plane, can it walk like under the ocean or does it also have the ability to get on a plane? We were going through like all these scenarios of what we would do to stay alive if this happened to us. I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe that's a, a talk for another episode, but I just, I do remember, Ty, do you remember that? Like our whole debate, the last like two hours talking? Yeah. And then we said, we said we should get a person and have them sleep with everyone in the U.S. government or whatever it was, but they got, yeah. Yeah. Cause then that would at least have people care about it, protect you. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So we kind of all chimed in on that one uh anyone anyone else can just fire away oh jack's back there you go what scares you jack what scares me yeah the unknown what uh any any particular scene in any particular movie oh we're not that fits that that fits that vibe even maybe because we just kind of talked about it follows a little bit that's all you really missed oh like the whole idea of the unknown that's kind of the whole what kind of most horror movies feed off of you know the fear of not knowing what's going to happen uh the one scene that i don't think is talked about enough uh that really uh scared the hell out of me the first time watching it has stuck with me since is the scene when lorraine falls through the walls in conjuring one and is in the basement that is one of the freakiest, scariest scenes I've ever seen. I mean, that of all, I mean, yeah, I know the hand clap is so iconic and I mean, it should be, but that seems like it's like an overlooked scene to me where it is just horrifying. And then uh, the throw one in there is also one of my irrational fears. Jack, 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 Jack. Let me, let me bounce off you real quick. I was just going to say that I think um you know on my list i wrote that like there's a lot in conjuring that get overlooked just because that movie has so many different scares and so many different types of scares yeah i also have one that's overlooked but i'm not, I'm not gonna go into it yet but there's there's a lot that i think people underrate slash overlook in that movie because there's so much to it 
one one scene that scared me when I was little in a movie that you guys are gonna laugh at me for of all movies and why. So it goes with uh in the spirit of being scared, even though this isn't a horror movie. Um so my, my one of my major irrational fears is drowning. Okay. Which is weird Continue. because like anyways, that feeds into National Treasure 2. The No way one um oh, what's the actor's name that dies in that scene ed harris ed harris the scene of him drowning of all scenes and i was allowed to watch most they movies. don't even show it i know it's just the idea <laughs> like i it always it just stuck through my head like being trapped in there and like nowhere to go in the darkness and drowning and stuff i had nightmares for weeks like of all Jesus. things and like i had been i'd, I'd seen like Pretty much any PG thirteen movie at that at that point, like so many things that yeah. Like, huh. The scene from Last of the Mohicans when the guy's burning to death and he gets shot. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, that no effect on me. I saw that when I was little. Cool. Uh, should happen, I guess. But I'm rough. Just just to jump on that for one that is like kind of kind of silly and is like when I was little. Uh, when I was, I don't know, probably in element, definitely in elementary school, but very pretty young, fairly young. Uh, night at the museum, the first night when everything starts coming alive and Ben Stiller doesn't know what's going on, that would give me like a panic attack. I was like, <laughs> I don't like this. These things are dangerous. They could kill him. Oh my I, gosh! I hated the beginning of that movie because it always freaked me out. Because I was like, what is? What is he going to do to, to calm these things down? The irrational fears of children is what you can chalk that up to. What do you guys, I guess, not that this was planned, but I feel like that was another really good one. Uh, what movies, as I guess more, even whether you're younger or more recently, that just really wasn't, not horror movies, but just like scared you. Like something in it just like, like if there is anything, because I mean, I could fully understand like mine, the reason it's so weird is because not many people, I feel like not many people would watch that and have any lingering feelings towards it. Yeah, sure. I was, uh, when I was a kid, I was terrified of the plant from Little Shop of Horrors, the one that kept getting bigger, kept eating people. That's why I hate I musicals. That's why. Yeah, I mean, I, yep. I mean, I guess, I guess this is still kind of designed to scare you. But the monster house, the old guy, that's good, dude, dude. Freaked me out. I mean, like, wouldn't anymore, but like, I and, and I have a full list of like, we'll get back into like actual, you know, horror stuff here. But that dude freaked me out when the first time I watched Monster House. Yeah, it's like Coraline, dude. That Coraline, that, that that's not a kid's movie. You will never be able to uh convince me otherwise. That Matilda, those two movies, but. But yeah, Greg, what you said at the beginning of the the, uh, section about horror movies that have a lasting impact to you, like days after you see them, for me, that was Midsummer, And for me, Midsummer was the definition of just building something up slowly and slowly and slowly. And the freakiest part was when I caught on. And then once you catch on, that's when they flood you with all of the messed up cult images that go on in that movie. And so I loved, well, in a really messed up way, the 
like the shed scene where Buddy's strung up by all of his organs, but he's still living. Like that was so messed up. The fact that they lift the dude up in a bear, the fact that people just started disappearing. And then you saw like all that stuff, right? That movie disturbed me for a couple days. And that was a year and a half ago or something like that. So I have no idea if this is actually true. I read it somewhere, probably read it on Twitter, so I don't know if it's actually true, but uh, I read that uh, Ari Aster digitally put faces in the trees that you're supposed to like subconsciously notice to make you uncomfortable for a lot of the scenes of the forest. No idea if that's legitimate, but if that is true, that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, tell so, me to see that movie in a pack theater. That was, that was an awesome experience, but sorry. Awesome. Yeah, I, I just want to jump on the cult thing because I didn't have any on Midsummer. A, because I figured Tyler would talk about it, and B, because Ty knows I thought Midsummer was overrated. But its counterparts, kind of its twin movie, I would consider Hereditary because they kind of came out around similar times. Also culty. Underrated. Yeah, no, no, no. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not related, but I got like a similar vibe from how they were scared. Um but the I I've told you two this before. I don't know if I've ever told Sam this. The desk scene mm. in school. And like I've never whether it's the conjuring name your scariest movie ever i've never had to stop watching a movie and i was just alone in my dorm like freshman or sophomore i think it was freshman year of college watching hereditary and it was i think what unnerved me so much is it was daylight it was normal the kid was in school what's her futz was out there just like doing that incantation thing in the middle of the street and he sees like whatever that light and just starts busting his face off his desk and his body looks all mangled that got me so bad that I just, I closed my laptop. I was like, I will finish this tomorrow at lunch. I cannot keep watching this movie. So I also, it appears me and Greg have the exact same list. Um, I also have hereditary. I thought about the desk scene, but the one I ultimately landed on was, uh, I guess it's not a spoiler if I don't say what character it is, but a character um, towards the end of the movie. Let's just, um, let's just say sp- Spoiler, spoiler warning, you can say whatever yeah. it is because um, I just dance around yeah. smile and then we'll be good. I was just going to not say who it was because it ultimately doesn't matter for the scene, but a character saws their own head off with piano string yeah. Oh, yeah. at the end of the movie and that was like, I was like, ooh, yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that what that is? A piano string? I believe so. That's what I thought it was at least. I yeah, I, think fishing right, line. I thought it was fishing line. I'm sorry, but when that girl lost her head, dude, out the car. I was crying. Dude, that that didn't scare me at all. I was just like, oh, she got doffed. <laughs> dude, I watched that movie with my mom. That was an experience. Rough. I watch a lot of these. Like, I make my mom watch these messed up movies. <laughs> oh yeah, when her head popped off. But I love going back to like the second watching. Yeah, it's a little far fetched, but it's still awesome to think that this is what happened. But it's just like the cult in Hereditary, like orchestrating like they even orchestrated the decapitation of the daughter like like they even knew what side of the car she would sit on <laughs> like what happened if she sat on the other side would she be alive Sam, oh, they, probably I, uh, had a, they probably had a car coming the other way just in case <laughs> just in case actually i'll let i'll let, uh, 
I will let uh, Jack keep going and throw it, throw a new one out there. And then I have one, Sam, that for you. <laughs> you might have the same one. We'll see. All right. I didn't have one. Now I have one. And I think it's good. I'm sorry if this is anyone else's. The final shot in Insidious. Ooh, the that's a great one. That's a great one. I totally forgot about the Bride in Black, to be honest. Like oh, when I was Bride in Black, that character lives in my nightmares. Dude. And so here's the thing. I was that's a great lead in to mine. Yeah. Because Sam, he's already given me the thumbs up. So Sam and I are like 12 years old, and we had both, I think, seen Insidious 1. So Insidious 2 had just come out, which, by the way, side note, is my favorite Insidious movie. I had seen Insidious 2. Oh, you already saw it? Yeah, it was my second time. <laughs> okay, so we're watching um, it. And do you guys, do you guys know, it's a very, again, daytime, normal scene. Rose Burns is cleaning the house. Gorgeous woman. Um. She's walking around, and then as she walks to the right and passes, like, the couch, the from behind her, like, it comes out of nowhere. The, oh, what's the name of the other person? Like, it, is the bride in black, like, the other counterpart where it's, like, a, just a woman? Like, her mom, the, that guy's mom or whatever it is, like, it's haunting everything. She comes out and screams, don't you dare, and slaps her in the face. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Sam and I turned off that movie so fast. Like, oh my God, we were, we were, we were terrified. So for, for context, from my perspective, I had watched the movie like three days before, but I watched it with my family of six. And so as a 12 year old watching it with six other people that are adults versus watching it with your cousin who's about the same age as you is not the same and that happened and i looked at greg and i was like you want to turn this off <laughs> yeah your basement's no help too with the big double doors and like yeah. the dark corner like that was not jiving with the mood at all oh my god that was freaky yeah so that's a great jump scare for me though i love that jump scare well one thing that so i'm sure well at least one of you has a moment from a shaky can movie that you thought was terrifying but the one i wanted to talk about that is always etched in my brain is quarantine it's a 2008 movie i don't know if any of you guys have seen it have you heard of it i've heard of it but i haven't seen it oh it's got joey king you're gonna love it it's about this reporter and she's like boots on the ground into this apartment complex and it's the same thing where you're locked in the place. You got no way to get out. And there's a virus on the loose that turns people into, you know, crazy killers. But it's got that, that you know, shaky cam look. Dude, like, there's so many jump scares. You kind of don't even like the, the main character. So, you're honestly sometimes just waiting for her to get yopped. But the ending of it is one of the most terrifying sequences I've ever seen in my life. Just because of how dark it is, how much stuff pops up. The buildup to, oh, my gosh. I, I think it's interesting. Good. Yeah. I think it's interesting you bring up quarantine because I was like very close to putting rec on my list, which is the it's the Spanish language version. It was oh. the first one. But uh yeah, the end of rec is extremely scary. But yeah, that's good. Sam, did you have another one? You want to yeah, about? I've got I've got a few more. I can do two very fast ones if you want me to. 
Um, yeah, go, go for it, man. Whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean. So one that's not a horror movie, which is why I think it's so effective, is David Lynch's Mulholland Drive. Uh, at some point in the movie, there is a jump scare that is like, just comes out of nowhere <laughs> for a movie that for the most part is like tension filled, but not a scary movie. And that's extremely well done. And then I have the witch put down for the slow burn, but also there's a specific shot of the witch where it's just like a naked old woman and what she's doing is disgusting. So oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, that's a real gross shot. Um, I'm going to, or I'll, yeah, Jack, you go first. So mine, uh, not even on purpose, but to kind of go with my theme of my character from last week, uh, is Silence of the Lambs, uh, the basement with the night vision goggles. Yeah, that's a good one. A lot of older horror movies, a lot of those type of scares don't really hold up as much kind of from these classic horror movies. Um, kind of compared to, I guess, the way we're used to now, but that's one of those scenes that if you're not on the verge of an anxiety attack during that scene, then I, I think you're probably a sociopath. Dude, I watched that for the first time in my basement in the dark, and I yeah, just, I was boring. too in, I was too in the moment. It was creepy. Um, Tyler, I want to throw up a softball to you, kinda. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna say, I guess one that's a scene, one that's not, and it's from Terrifier. And I know, like, you've been big on, you've you've gotten me into these movies. Like, I'm dying to see Terrifier two now, and I just watched Terrifier the other day. Um, but the scene that freaks me out, believe it or not, out of this whole movie is in the pizza shop. Whenever he's just being like goofy, like goofy clown. That freaked me out just because his smile's disturbing. You know what he's all about. You saw him getting ready. They are like, oh, he's some weird dude. And like the girl gets on his lap. And like, you just don't know what he's thinking the entire time. And that's one of those times where I was saying like slow burn really gets me. And then in general, through the whole movie, I found myself being less scared of all the gore and everything that they showed. Like when the chick literally gets sawed in half, like I was more just grossed out. I wasn't necessarily scared. Um, But I think it's for me, anytime you don't see him, He's like a spider. He's more dangerous when you don't know where he is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I would rather know and see him, even if he's coming after me, than not see him at all. No, I get that. And I think, yeah, his unpredictability helps a lot with that too. Cause you don't know if he's just going to pop a gun out or like get his chainsaw. The gore, <laughs> the gore in that movie is what gets me, but that's just because gore normally terrifies me. Like that's why I like Sinister so much, like the lawnmower scene. Cause they, go hard in the paint but no yeah terrifier did really well with that dude real quick i was not ready for this guy to be packing heat no this is no killer in any movie ever uses a gun ever and this chick's like about to get away i was like wow good for you and buddy just whips a glock and shoots her that is that is the funniest. I I thought it was fun. I laughed. He just, I was he just cracking up. Her. I was cracking up. He with with incredible aim too. He catches like femoral artery. He like. Do you think it's registered? Does he have a license? Under who? Art the clown? <laughs> Can you carry? <laughs> uh, I did. He just, oh my god! I did watch um, All Hallows Eve fairly recently, which is 
the first movie Art the Clown appears in. And I, I tend to agree with Greg where, for me at least, gore has never bothered me. It doesn't really, like, even gross me out that much. I think it's just there. But the, the scenes where he's not doing anything inherently scary are the scariest scenes, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get two thrillers out of the way before I get to Smile, just because these are movies that have some components that frighten me. They're um, The Platform, which is the Spanish. Yeah. That's got I was some, thinking about that. Yeah, where you're quite literally just confined and there's also an element of fate and chance. So you have like no idea what's going to happen. Um, and there's also Don't Breathe, which I watched years ago, but I still remember it just because the concept was so cool. And while the ending is really messed up, there's just parts where you're yourself terrified of what's going to happen to you. So um, I also, it was, it was briefly mentioned, uh, I think Tyler mentioned it, but Sinister, the Super 8 films did when I was I don't know, 12 or however old I was when I watched that movie, I was like, oh, this is what snuff films are. That's, that's horrifying. That's, I'm going to see those in my nightmares, which obviously I'm older and can recognize that it's a movie. But uh, yeah, that, those, those Super 8 films stuck with me for, for a few weeks. All right. So now is when I'm going to, with the whole sticking with you thing, is when I'm going to jump back to The Conjuring. I um, actually, like, was frightened of stuff behind my door, particularly if it was dark. And again, like, I couldn't see it. Like, we talked at the beginning about how I don't like whenever someone's in a room with someone and they don't know it. And this is when the two sisters are in the bedroom and it's nighttime. And, like, not much has happened yet. So they're kind of ignorant to, like, the house being, you know, like, demonic. Ooh, yeah. And the door is just, like, a 45-degree angle. And the girl is, like, saying, stop touching me. Stop touching And the other sister's like, I'm not doing anything. And then she sits up. And when she sits up, and, like, dude, you can see my eyes are watering talking about this scene right now for any listeners, like, like are listening right now. I, when she points to the door and goes, he's right there. Like, he's. He is behind that door, like looking at me and like, you never even see what this thing is. You don't know. And it's just, that scene is just so bone chilling just because of what, you know, she is seeing and the bull and honestly, Joey King acts phenomenally in that scene. Um, But yeah, I just, that actually stayed with me for multiple years after. Like I, I sleep with my door like that and not like a quarter of the way open to this day, just for that reason. So that is one that really got me. So I have I have two more like very brief ones and then two that I have a little bit of context to, to build around them. The two brief ones are uh, Dario Argento's Suspiria. The original Suspiria has, in my opinion, one of the best uh, opening kills in, shit, I click the wrong button. I mean, shoot, in movies. Um, and there is a movie, it's on Netflix that I watched. I think it's a fine movie, but it's called I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Uh, it's very like open-ended and artistic, but there's a specific scene with a ghost that has backwards feet. And I swear I saw that thing walking through my house with its backwards feet like weeks after. Um, 
So those were two that kind of stuck with me. There was a movie we watched where the person had backwards feet or something like that. Like that was the gimmick you were supposed to catch on to to realize that this person, that the villain was the back of this person's head. Do you remember what that was, Greg? Malignant. Yeah, okay, there it is. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Like I totally, the first scene in that movie freaked me out. That's a great, great shout. That's like, I mean, just kind of a one-off to say, like, yeah, that, that first scene was awesome. Um, similarly, just like a quick honorable mention for me would be uh, the Babadook. Have you guys seen that? No, I've heard a lot okay. about Okay. I have, yeah. There's like, there's like an infamous scene in like a nightmare where the dude like pops up. That is not what freaked me out the most. It's actually when he's, again, more in the distance Sam, you know when the mom's doing the dishes? The, the neighbor, the neighbor's house? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was... Bro, like, this woman's just doing dishes, and then, like, she had just looked up before, and then she looks up again, and he's just, like, in a window, like, far away, and it's just, it's enough to just absolutely rock me. I agree <laughs> that that is the scarier scene between that and the one that, like, everyone brings up. So one that I'm going to I'm gonna kind of dance around a little bit uh, so as to not spoil, because I figured out a way to talk about it without spoiling it. Um, the beginning of Nope, um, if you know about Travis in real life, it's extremely scary. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. And then also another weird fear for me, um, like filmed in front of live studio audiences sound stages creep me out especially when there's no people in there because it feels like a place I shouldn't be in alone and it goes back to what I talked about at the very beginning where it's like it feels like I'm stuck in a situation that I need to leave but I can't leave so it's just extremely stressful all right Tyler do you want to talk about smile a little bit and just try to dance around spoilers since yeah, I think sure. all three of us it, haven't seen it. It follows what Sam said perfectly because yeah, smile kind of like it follows has that element of I'm stuck in a world where you have this thing and you know if you get it you know it's your shot. <laughs> yeah, like it's a, it's a big it's a big problem like a challenge that you have to, you know, overcome. So it's definitely it's got that running throughout the whole movie which is really cool. But on top of that, it also has the aspect of it warps reality. So you might be seeing things that don't actually exist, which makes you not able to trust what you're seeing or not. And so the movie kind of plays with you um, in ways that you might not expect, which is kind of cool. So that's what I like to just as a movie, um, because it gets to the end. And I'm not going to say anything about what happens at the end, but with one of the characters like as soon as you figure out what's happening um with how this thing operates you start to imagine how it's going to play out and then with the logic that the movie provides or that it like lets you figure out you see how it might work and then the movie just completely overtakes you and it does it even better and then after it you're terrified you're shocked but then you realize, dang, I missed that as well. It, it's it's really cool. Seems it, like this movie is a complete mental roller coaster. Dude, I I love the end, but it's also got a solid amount of gore, and the jump scares were mad. 
at least okay. for me. I don't know. I saw it. I saw it in a theater, and I was not expecting that. So that's really cool. Yeah, I have two notes. You, if if you, this is just kind of for you or for anyone really uh, listening, I can't believe I didn't mention this on my recent watchings either. I watched a movie called Oculus, and I totally forgot about it. So you said you can't trust what you're seeing dude you have no idea you've got i think this movie's on amazon prime go watch oculus it is the whole shtick is like that this mirror kind of controls everything you really cannot trust what you're seeing and it's just it's awesome um and then to stick with uh, both you and sam on not spoiling stuff i saw barbarian and i would say anything in the caves that's that's all I need to say. Once you see it, you'll know. So I'm going to jump off that because you said the word cave, and I think that's a good segue. So my last <laughs> one is, uh, I don't know if any of you have seen the movie Bone Tomahawk. It is a horror Western. And I've talked about on the podcast how Red Dead Redemption 2 is like my favorite game of all time. Um, I played Red Dead Redemption 2 over the course of maybe four days where I was playing it multiple hours a day. And uh, later in the camp, in the story, you're taking a cave from a gang called the Murphy Brood. And I kept getting flashes of Bone Tomahawk in my head. And that was when I realized that like this movie where a lot of it takes place in caves kind of affected me. I didn't realize how much it affected me until then. But it's like, it's again, the feeling of being trapped and like, I can't escape this situation just really stuck with me and now i don't think i can go into caves without thinking about bone tomahawk so dude that's like a real life fear for me not like if i see someone who's trapped in tight space in movies doesn't bother me but jack knows better than anyone now like i am proper claustrophobic in real life oh any chance i get to to throw you on a big crowd of people with no escape i help dude elevators trains with like a lot of big crowd and i like can't move or breathe real well like it's not gonna oh man it gets worse if uh if either of you are familiar with the uh the lullabies that black widow sings to hulk to get him to calm down that's what i do to grab where he is in a crowded space when i'm around no you don't okay so i think that does it did anyone have anything else because we're running low on time i think and uh Anything? Any last thoughts? No, I uh, I think I I made my piece. All right then, there you have it. Those were our, just some of our fears, some of our spooky scenes. Um, if you haven't seen any of these movies, Terrifier, Insidious, any of the Conjurings, I'd go see them while it's still spooky season and still trending. Um, and all the all the streaming platforms, you know, have their little Halloween sections. Um, but thanks guys for coming on listeners thank you for listening go get some spooky season stuff in before time runs out and we will see you next time see you